Welcome to Talk for 12, a podcast hosted by the women at Orange Evangelical Church. These 12-minute episodes teach from God's Word and encourage and equip women in their daily walk with Jesus. Hi, I'm Rochelle, and today we kick off our two-part series on how we can care for non-Christians in the lead-up to Christmas. This week, I have Mel joining us to share how she cares for her non-Christian family. Mel, thanks for joining us. Although you're no stranger to the podcast, being a part of our Talk for 12 team, we don't often have you in front of the microphone. So for those of us who don't know you, can you let us know a bit about your family? Hi, Rochelle. It's lovely to be back in front of the microphone. I'm married to Chris and we have three wonderful kids. Next year, our youngest starts school and it is the only year that all three will be in primary school together. As a family, we love playing board games and toasting marshmallows in our fire pit. We also have a puppy, which is a lot of work, but also a lot of fun. And luckily, he is very cute. He is. Can you also tell us who is in your extended family? Yeah, so on my side of the family, our extended family is made up of my parents, an older brother, a younger sister, her husband, and their two kids. All of them are Christian. And in fact, I was very blessed to grow up in a family where not only my parents are Christian, but most of my extended family are too. On Chris's side of the family, we have his mum, dad, stepmom, brother, sister-in-law, nephew, and half-sister. None of Chris's side of the family are Christian. Thanks for sharing, Mel. I imagine that must make Christmases interesting. What does Christmas mean to you and your family? So like I said, my side of the family are all Christian and Christmas is a big time of celebration for us. A lot of our traditions are shaped around helping us keep Jesus at the centre of our celebrations. We have a lot. We love to get together and spend time together. We love to go to church together. In fact, since we have been in ministry our entire married life and are often involved in making church happen on Christmas Day, my parents and brother always come along to church with us. Each year we have Christmas celebrations with all our extended family as well. Not on Christmas Day, but sometime in December. And while we love getting together whenever our busy lives allow it, getting together to celebrate the birth of Jesus always makes these gatherings extra special. My husband's side of the family is quite different. They're not big on getting everyone together. Occasionally someone will organise something, but if you've got other plans, that's no big deal either. I can remember early in our marriage inviting my mother-in-law and her partner to come for Christmas lunch at our place and being told, well, thanks for the invite, but we've already got plans for Christmas Day. When we asked what they were going to do, they told us they were going to the pub for Christmas lunch. Wow, there are certainly big differences in how your family views Christmas. Can you share with us what Christmas looks like in your household? Yeah, so in our house, Christmas time is the time we celebrate Jesus' birth, the promised king born to save us. Christmas is a really special time of the year, and we start preparing for Christmas early. We have lots of things that we do to help encourage our kids to keep Christ central in our Christmas celebrations, because we want it to be a time of year that they look forward to, and not just for the presents. We start playing Christmas music on November 16, because that's the day after Chris's birthday, and that's when I'm allowed to start playing it. We set up the Christmas tree on the 1st of December. We do the church Advent devotions together as a family, read Christmas books, make nativity cookies, and fill our Advent calendar with things that point us to the true meaning of Christmas, as well as some treats. On Christmas morning, we do gold, frankincense, and myrrh, which is a fun tradition we've carried on from my family. Gold is the main Christmas present wrapped in gold paper. Frankincense is a new cup that we get at the breakfast table, and myrrh is our stockings. All other presents wait until after church, and often after lunch, to help us keep focused on what we are really celebrating. It sounds like Christmas is a fun and busy time in your house. With the focus of Christmas being all about Jesus, 
How have you intentionally shared this good news with your non-Christian family? Well, early on, we tried inviting them to different Christmas things, both at church or just meals at our place. They weren't particularly receptive to any of the invitations, but we realised that a big part of the problem was a lack of relationship in general. Over the years, particularly as we had kids, and we were more intentional in investing time in improving some of these family relationships, things got better. The biggest change we have seen is in our relationship with Chris's mum. It has gone from barely a relationship to a really positive one, and as that changed, so did our intentionality in sharing the gospel with her. In the past six years, I've been particularly thoughtful in my relationship with my mother-in-law, and it's allowed me to invite her to various Christmas events and to share the gospel with her, and for those conversations to be well received. Mm, That's great to hear, Mel. Do you have any other encouraging stories to share of those invitations or conversations being well received? When we were still in Sydney and she was living fairly close to us, I would invite her to come to the women's Christmas events that our church ran. I was so nervous the first time I invited her. I was sure she was going to politely brush me off. But she said yes, and she had a great time making Christmas reads and hearing the gospel message. The next year, I was a lot more confident inviting her to come again, and once again she said yes. Now that we live a lot further away from her, the easy invite is no longer there, and so we had to become more intentional in how to include her in our celebrations of Christmas. Last year, she spent the week with us late in November, and we decided to set our Christmas tree up a little bit early so that she could be part of that with us. There's something special about setting up the Christmas tree as a family. We always have special Christmas snacks and play Christmas music, and once the tree is up, we read a kid's book of the Nativity story. After reading the Christmas story, she had so many questions about Jesus and about that first Christmas. There were things she hadn't heard before, things that were different to the world's narrative of what Christmas is about, and she wanted to know more. After her questions, we decided to give her a Bible of her own and a copy of the Advent devotion cards we did at church. We shared a link so that she could watch the videos and encouraged her to follow along. But we did this in a really low-key way. It was even a second-hand Bible. We wanted it to be an invitation to investigate rather than pressuring her if she wasn't ready. Thank you for sharing some of the other ways that you've been intentionally trying to share the good news of Christmas with your mother-in-law. Have there been any challenges along the way? Yeah, they definitely have. I think because some of my early interactions with Chris's family in sharing what I believe, particularly around Christmas, were not very positive interactions, I got cold feet for a while. There were times when we weren't invited to things at Christmas because they just assumed that we would be busy with church stuff. And when I tried to have conversations about what we believe, I often felt really blocked out or shut down. And so that really flavoured how we thought about sharing the gospel with Chris's family early on in our marriage. As we invested more time and effort into those relationships, especially with Chris's mum, things have gotten better. I feel more confident to ask her questions about what she believes, to invite her to church, or to include her when we read the Bible as a family and she is around. I feel confident in our relationship that even if she does say no, it's not going to ruin the relationship that we have. That's really great to hear, Mel. What is it about Christmas, do you think, that makes it a great time of the year to think about how we share the good news of Jesus with our non-Christian family? Christmas is such an easy time to invite our non-Christian family and friends to church, or even just to start a conversation with them about Jesus. After all, Christmas is the celebration of Jesus' birth. And I know the world is trying to move it away from being about Jesus, and instead make it all about Santa and presents and family. But there is still space there for us to ask those questions and have those conversations. We want our non-Christian family and friends to hear the good news of Jesus, God with us. So we should take every opportunity to invite them to church and carols and Christmas lunch and share Jesus with them. I mean, we want to do this all year round too, but Christmas is just such an easy opportunity to do that. 
So true, Mel. What advice would you give to others who are considering how they can share the good news of Jesus with their non-Christian family this Christmas? I would say plan early and invite them to join in with the things that you're already doing. Reading the Christmas story after dinner, going to a carol service with you at church, coming to church on Christmas Eve or Christmas morning. If you have family over at a time that you would usually read the Bible or pray with your kids, invite them to be a part of that. Think about what you prioritise at Christmas and how to communicate that with your family. In our family, church is a non-negotiable at Christmas, and not just because we're a ministry family. It's not negotiable because Christmas is about celebrating the birth of Jesus our Saviour. We want to celebrate this with our church family as well. This means there are going to be other things that we miss out on, because we've got commitments with church, but we try to say yes to our non-Christian family whenever we can. This doesn't mean they're not offended when we say no, but it does help to balance things out. I would also encourage you, if you are going away for Christmas, to find a local church where you are going. Find out when their Christmas services are on and invite your family to go with you. And finally, pray. Pray that God will give you courage to start conversations. Pray that you might be bold in sharing the gospel. Pray that invitations to church at Christmas would be accepted. Pray that God will soften the hearts of your non-Christian family. Pray that his spirit would work in them so that they might come to know and love Jesus. Thank you so much, Mel. I've been really encouraged and challenged by hearing you share today and hope that over the next few weeks I'll be praying for boldness to share Jesus with my sister-in-law. Why don't we pray now? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you for this upcoming time of Christmas. Please help us to think intentionally over the next few weeks about how we can be sharing the real meaning of Christmas with our non-Christian family. Please help us to start praying for those on our hearts and that you might give us opportunities to invite them to church and have gospel-centred conversations. Thank you for Mel and Chris's boldness in sharing Jesus with Chris's mum, Debbie, and pray that you would continue to be at work in her heart, drawing her closer to you. Amen. Next episode, join me as I chat to Faye about how she seeks to care for her non-Christian neighbours and friends. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Talk for 12. For the show notes and resources of this episode, or to email us, visit the podcast website at oechurch.org.au forward slash talk for 12. That's the number 12 in numerals 1, 2. Thanks for listening. We hope you join us next time.